What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. Welcome to episode two of the Basketball Card Strategy Show. I'm excited to be here today, and we have a special guest on. His name is Gary from Hoops and Cards, another basketball card podcast that you may have heard of, and also HoopsandCards.com. So Gary and I dive into several topics on this episode First of all, uh, my basketball card rankings at NoOffSeason.com are a big topic. Who Gary likes on the rankings and who he doesn't like on the rankings. He helps me re-rank the rankings, which is kind of fun. And then he challenges me as to why guys like Pascal Siakam, Anthony Simons, Brandon Ingram, and Keldon Johnson are not higher. And he drops us some sleepers. And also, he drops a wonderful piece of knowledge as to one retired basketball player that he is targeting cards for. So without further ado, we're going to get into the show. But I also want to let you know that uh, edited into this show is also my appearance on Gary's show, Hoops and Cards. And I talk about who I believe the next Tyrese Maxey and Jordan Poole is, a.k.a. you can buy him low now and he will explode within the next year or two for his team. All right, everybody. We have Gary from Hoops and Cards now and and hoopsandcards.com, but also Hoops and Cards podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. And Gary and I hooked up and we have become uh, really good friends as basketball card investors and uh it's great to have you on the basketball card strategy show gary you want to give us a little bit of overview quickly on your uh your background and and how you got into basketball card collecting and investing oh sure paul thank you so much it is a privilege and it's going to be so much fun to be on your show here uh, the basketball card strategy show and yeah it's been great connecting with you man uh to find another guy that loves to do a deep dive on players and rankings and the prospects and, and Darius Garland. Uh, we clicked on that because my background, I'm, a, I'm from Northeast Ohio, a Cleveland Cavaliers fan for life and uh, been back into sports cards, specifically basketball cards the last two and a half years. And after about a year into that, I'm like, I need to just break down and start a podcast. I love talking about this stuff. There were very few podcasters talking about only basketball. And those that were, they were like three weeks behind what was actually going on in the league or in the market. And I'm like, can't we just talk about last night's game? Or can't we talk about the deals that I can find right now? It didn't help me to hear what somebody else got on a deal two weeks ago and they paid $600,000 for. Like I, I, I started with, just a few dollars. And my wife's like, yeah, go have fun with this, <laughs> this thing. So I've been buying and, and flipping and, and doing the podcast for over at Hoops and Cards for a little over a year. And uh, it's, as you know, I mean, it's so fun, all the people we get to meet and uh, the, the conversations we get to have. So it's a thrill to be with you today, Paul. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being here and congratulations on the show. I know it's uh it's hard to stay consistent with the podcasting, but you've certainly done it. So congratulations on that. And yeah, I love your point about not being captain obvious. That's kind of, it's kind of the way that I say it is like, um, I, I did, uh, notice when I got back into buying sports cards a couple of years ago as well, I did notice kind of the same trend of, uh, people talking about, uh, what's gone up in value and that it took me a while to realize like, that's actually not 
where my head needs to be. It needs to be mm-hmm. more along the lines of like the player scouting um, to, to try to figure out who, who's next. So um, that's actually a pretty good segue because uh, because you and I both think that way, give me, give me maybe just a few, a few guys, as many guys as you want, or, or as little uh, amount of guys as you want of, of who's next, like who, who hasn't even come close to hitting their, their peak basketball card value yet. And, um, what, what cards would you buy of theirs? So for me, the highlight of the last two years, just as a basketball card collector and fan has been getting in on Darius Garland's and buying a ton of Darius Garland cards before anybody else or before most people. My regret is that I bought mostly cheap cards that were like $10 or less or graded cards that were 50 or less. But getting in on Garland and Tyrese Maxey and some of these other guys just a little bit, that's been a blast. So like you, yeah, I'm looking ahead. Who's who's next? Which guys do I think have uh, potential to break out next season and hit the card market values? Whether it's a, a good news or bad news, some of them are already doing it. Like I'm, I'm a bit frustrated at Jalen Brunson right now for having such a good playoff run because he was my guy. He was, I was, I was starting a stack of Jalen Brunson cards and prism silvers. And like, this guy is, you know, still 10 bucks or less. You can find a lot of really good cards. And uh, he was initiating the offense, getting a lot of points. Luca was counting on him and the team, you know, now that Luca's had a few weeks out with injury, Jalen's really stepped up and some are talking about him as a key player right to their playoff hopes this year and maybe their future if they lock him up. But Jalen was one I was looking at. The other guy was Desmond Bain. And to see Desmond Bain, this uh, some of this, you guys, in, in picking future stars or future uh, breakouts, you're kind of at the mercy of fate. Like, because Desmond Bain doesn't get as many shots this season if Dylan Brooks is healthy or if John ja Morant was never out you know, or if Jaron Jackson could make a three-pointer, <laughs> like, like Desmond Bain doesn't, doesn't have to score as much and show what he can do, but he ended up doing that in uh, March and April. And then here in the playoffs, we're seeing him struggle the last few games. I think because Memphis is trying to figure out, look, we got Brooks, we got Morant. Oh, now we don't, you know, we've got Zaire Williams. We've got Jaron. We've got all these guys that want to shoot and we're not really sure who we are, but I had Bain and Brunson as big and, uh, I love what Anthony Simons did in January and February before they shut him down. It seemed like Portland would uh, acquire players. And then if they started to do well, they shut him down. They shut down Josh Hart. They shut down several players that they acquired. Simons was averaging close to 30 a game for two weeks in a row. They shut him down because according to the, to the trades they made, they would lose draft picks if they finished, you know, in, in a playoff spot. So so I, I loved what Simons was showing. Uh, maybe, I don't know if you're asking for younger guys, but I, but I see a lot of potential. Well, no, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I think all the guys you just mentioned are not even anywhere close to their peak as well. And I think they're all very affordable. So yeah, my advice to the audience would be like, you can probably buy some of their bigger cards. Um, I would avoid like the, the cheap ones. I would go for, you know, you can get Maxi's bigger cards for still less than $500. You can get probably whatever Bane card you want for, you know, with a few exceptions for uh, around the same price. Um, and I do think that, um, 
while I'm not a huge Simons guy, I do think that there's probably a lot of room for his prices to grow as well. Um, but every single one of the guys you mentioned, uh, I, I agree that like, they're not, they're not really close to their, to their peak yet. Um, but yeah, if you, if you have other, like I consider them flyers, but like a little bit, a little bit safer flyers. Yeah. If, yeah. if you have anyone else you want to throw out there, that's like, they could, could totally flop, but that you sure. have, you might have a beat on it. All right. To hear your thoughts. I'll, I'll stick my neck out there on some of these and, um, I also am curious about your thoughts, but I'll just say the guys on my list of I I'm buying them personally, or I have their cards and I, I believe in them, but I could be just as wrong as I was last year with Nikhil Alexander Walker, right. And Jalen Noel. And and I was big on Julius Randall and his cards haven't done anything. So, so, but I like, I like bones Highland from Denver. I think he flashed okay. a bit what he can do at both ends of the floor. I like Kevin Porter Jr. And uh, that's that's a little scary for me, knowing KPJ's roller coaster-ish personality. I like Malik Monk. I know whatever happens with the Lakers, they unearthed a guy who can score 20-plus and handle the ball. So uh, I think he has a chance to blossom this year. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm keeping my eye on and investing in. Patrick Williams, still super young scorer had some big games in the playoffs before Chicago got bounced and he missed most of the season. So uh, those are some of my lesser knowns. Uh, you know, I'm curious about Devin Vassell. I like Alperin Shangun because he's so stinking young. Um, yeah. I've got a bunch of our listeners at hoops and cards are talking about Trey Mann, And I feel like I need to do a, diff, a deeper dive because I'm sort of allergic to Oklahoma city guys. They have all these, Dort and Poku and Theo Maladon, and they might have like one great game and everybody's like, Ooh, but it's Oklahoma city, right? They have to play somebody. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hype around like also SGA and Giddy and like, yeah, uh, totally. Uh, so I love, I, first of all, I love that second list a lot. And hmm. the first name you threw out there, funny enough, I was comparing to my guy um, and that's Bones? Bones Highland. I was comparing Bones Highland to my guy Cam Thomas, who we just talked, who we talked about on your show, Hoops and Cards. Um, and so I think that um, Bones profiles similar to Cam. I think the only the only reason why I don't have Bones in my rankings yet at NoOffseason.com is because um, I guess uh, because of Jamal Murray coming back, and you know maybe Bones doesn't doesn't get into the starting lineup, but in terms of like explosive players, um, I, I love bones. Um, I also think the name, uh, yeah. that's low hanging fruit, obviously, but I think the name is, uh, definitely plays a role in, in kind of the, the aura around the guy. Uh, he obviously plays with, with Joker. So that that's a plus. The thing is though, um, his, his prices are a bit high. Um, his prices are a bit high. There seems to be they're they're higher than I would have expected. So I don't know that Bones is a bargain, but I but I do love him and I do I do think if you can get a Bones Highland contenders rookie ticket auto right for a decent price, um, yeah, that's a great buy. So yeah, and he has I mean Darius Garland and Tyrese Maxey and Bones Highland have the same hairstyle. So I don't know if there's anything that's to true. the player looks, but I I love watching his game and he's he is fast and quick like you said that. The, the locals love him. Denver, yeah. Denver fans rave about him. 
So I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you about my rankings at nooffseason.com. Now, I actually do this with everybody, every guest I have on, whatever their number one sport is, I kind of ask them to re-rank the guys or the top guys and, and, and also kind of tell me where I might be missing some things um, because I do like to refine my rankings based on um, really more, more of what the market thinks rather than just what I think um, yeah. and, and the other experts that I respect. So um, I want your opinion on my, basically let's start at the top, right? So I've got, I'll ask you to kind of re-rank these guys Giannis is one, Steph's two, Booker's three, and then Ja, Tatum, and Luca in that order. How would you re-rank those six guys, my top six? And am I missing, like, is there someone that, and, and just, I guess for the record, for the listeners, Anthony Edwards is seven, uh, in mm-hmm. case you're wondering. So how would you, how would you re-rank those guys? Okay, Paul. So one thing I'm wondering about about your list, because I think you could make a case for any of those six guys. I'm wondering, uh, what's the time frame for grading them as an investment? Like, for example, if you're saying over the next month, right, I like this guy because his team could win the championship. But over the next five years, somebody like Luca might look better. That make sense? Great question, Gary. Great question. I'm glad you asked. And I, I actually, I actually need to add this to the website. I, I need to add this to nooffseason.com. The time frame I look at is a is a maximum 18 month, but it's 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 typically a 12 to 18 month window on these guys, but um, no longer than 18 months. So um, yeah, otherwise otherwise you'd you'd have very different rankings. I think. But I think we need to look at this as, you know, the market changes all the time. So we need to look at it as a shorter, more flippable window. Um, I say 12 to 18 months. A lot of these guys will move up and down based on maybe even like a six month window. All right. So, I mean, if if you had asked me to rank all the NBA uh, two months ago, I would have had John Morant first because a lot of his cards are affordable. He He to me is looking like the next... Uh, dynamic dunker highlights guy on a consistent basis. If he's in town, I want to go see his games. If Steph's in town, I've already seen Steph hit 10 threes, like five. I've seen him do that a lot. He's still a solid. He's like more solid and Giannis is more solid, but we've already seen that show. Whereas with John Moran, Uh brand new, big, big news, front page stuff and Memphis is on the rise. Like for all the injuries they've had off and on this year, to be still where they're at and uh, you know, are they, did they tie it or are they down three, one now they're, they're down, aren't they? They're down three, one, unfortunately, oh. as of this recording. Yikes. So, so maybe jaws a buying opportunity in a couple months, but I, I still see him as, yeah, man, there's so much upside in what the market's going to think of him. Yeah. That, that, that may be my only change. I like that you have Tatum ahead of Doncic that just shows you're paying attention to what's going on, you know, in the league. Some guys are still <laughs> yeah. in the top three and you can't argue it, but. Yeah. I mean, Tatum, Tatum's pop count is much lower because he's 2017. And that was kind of, I, I don't know this for a fact, but my understanding is that the 2017 print run was, was maybe the last one that had like more reasonable numbers versus um, 2018 uh, and on, but yeah, mm-hmm. Luca, uh, being being 2018, um, and we all know his pop count. We all know Jaws' pop count's ridiculous. So 
I think, um, yeah, I think these basketball rankings will look very different um, when the NBA season ends, as we get closer to the finals over the next month, check back at nooffseason.com because this will be, these will be different, but yeah. Um, good call on Ja. I like, I like your perspective there on him. What do you think of just guys that I'm missing? Because when we were on Hoops and Cards podcast, you kind of mentioned that you thought it, I was a little crazy for, for not having certain guys on there. What, how would you, who would you add to my top 50? Um, because you've become familiar with it recently sure. uh, that I don't have on there. And who would you maybe take off that I do? All right. Um, I mean, there there are a few names. There's the list. There's a few names where I'm like, how is this guy not on the list? You have um, you have Scotty Barnes on your list. You have, I think, Fred Van Vliet's still on it, right? And you have Gary Trent Jr. I, I recent I recently removed Fred Van Vliet. I recently okay. removed him. Okay. And how is the best player on the Raptors not on your list? Pascal Siakam finished the season on fire close to 30 a game and, and running the offense for Toronto. I'm, I'm a bit shocked, Paul, that he's not on your top. Okay. And he's low print run. So there you go. That's, that's one I would add. Love Um, it, Gary. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back and do some more research. Who else you got? Look at his last two months. And then um, I'm not sure I'd have Anthony Davis ranked so high. Maybe it's just, I'm, I'm tired of his show too. Like, Hey, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. And then I'm injured for six months. And it seems like he's done that a lot and he's not a number one on any team that's done anything. So I'm not, I'm not crazy about him, but that might make him a good buy because you've seen what his cards got up to right two years ago. And now what a, what a bargain thing they are. But I guess I could say the same thing about Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal and some guys that, you know, that same 2012 print run, but I, I, I thought Davis was high. Um, I love Maxi. I, I when I see Maxi and Garland, I'm like, why are they so low? But I have them, I have them higher rated than <laughs> everybody on the planet. Okay. Part partially just I love watching their games. So do you want Good more stuff? So I'll throw add? go ahead. Well, I'll throw out a few, I'll throw out a few things that I've actually considered changing. I'll get your take on these. I have considered um considerably moving Ben Simmons and James Harden down. Uh, Kawhi Leonard down, RJ Barrett down, De'Aaron Fox down. I guess in lieu of, I would move up uh, DeJounte Murray. Um, maybe Jimmy Butler, obviously Cam, Cam Thomas is going to move, going to continue to move up my rankings, I believe. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns maybe needs to move up. Um, what do you think about, about those calls in general? I would move Jimmy Butler up. And some of this, yeah, some of this, how much of your list is projecting the market and how much is reflecting current market trends? Because it's, I'm sure that any list, there's a bit of both. And I'm like, Jimmy Butler deserves more hobby love and street credit than he's, I mean, he's, he's nowhere close to getting the value that his game actually does. He's a hall of Famer. He's on the one seed. He's dominating every night here in the playoffs. And yet his cards are still dirt cheap compared to, to Cade Cunningham. Like I get the yeah. new stuff well, is flashy, but. That's a good, that's a good, good question. Um, none of my list reflects actual on-court performance or legitimacy of how good of a basketball player 
you are, <laughs> it all has to reflect your upside for your cards and what your upcoming markers are to move your card value up. Because, you know, if I were, if this were a basketball player ranking, it would look very different. You'd have, you'd have Butler, you'd have DeMar DeRozan, you'd have all, you'd have a ton of guys. Clay Thompson would be higher, but it has to, yeah, it has to reflect like um, pricing opportunity, upcoming opportunity hype. You know, there's just never been any hype around Jimmy Butler. You know, as much as, as good as the Heat are, you know, I've got Tyler Hero um, in my top 21 right now. Yep. And Jimmy Butler's 44th. And it's strictly because, um, you know, there's zero hype around Jimmy Butler. And, and Tyler Hero is just happens to be more relevant to, to the people buying sports cards right now. That's not to say there's not opportunity, obviously, with the Jimmy Butler play. That's why he's on the list. But the other thing that the rankings reflect that I want to clarify that I'm glad you asked about is um, these are not necessarily what I would do. These are what I would do if someone gave me their money. So if the way that I had to think about my, my rankings is I had to think about it like if someone gave me $10,000 to spend on their sports card investments, what would it, how would I build a portfolio for them to get, to get to 20,000 eventually to get to, to get to 12, five, right? Like, and not, and not dip down to five. And so, and, and the reason I say that is because like, if, if these rankings were what I would do, I'd have Gary Trent Jr. in the top 10. (laughs) I'd have Anthony Edwards would be my number, probably my number one player. Mm. Um, you know, Cam Thomas would probably be in the top five. But then I realized like when you when you have a, a website and people are gonna hopefully pay you for your advice, huh. you can't you can't really have those rankings because that what you're doing is you're saying, go spend X amount of money on these guys. That's what those are risks I'm willing to take, but those aren't necessarily risks I'm willing to take with somebody else's money. I just value other people's money probably more than I value my own, is another <laughs> way of saying that. So um Hey, yeah. Gary, before we wrap up with you and thanks so much for your time today, I wanted to ask you kind of one last question that's been on my mind recently is like, is there, are there any retired players, uh, basketball cards that you feel like might be worth a look? You know, I know we saw, uh, about, about a year and a half ago, we saw like everybody buying all of the retired players, um, grading them at PSA and, and flipping them. And it was kind of at the height of what you could sell them for. Um, and, and so that's cooled off quite a bit, but are there any retired players that um, for whatever reason you feel are good uh, potential sports card investments, basketball card investments? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dwayne Wade is the first name that comes to mind because he's going into the hall of fame and lots of guys, lots of the current players modeled their game after him. Uh, Tyrese Maxey even said this week, he grew up like imitating Dwayne Wade and you can see it in his, in his game and the three level scoring. So Dwayne Wade is the first that comes to mind also because he's a part of that 2003 class with LeBron rookies. So uh, Wade rookies are all the same options and a lot cheaper. Um, The other guy is Dirk Nowitzki. For a lot of the same reasons, you've got Hall of Fame, you've got international superstar, you've got guys being 
projected as the next Dirk Nowitzki. Well, what about the actual Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> that, uh, that you're still going to see around NBA circles for a long time? So I, I like those two guys a lot. I think Shaq uh, presents a huge value to people, uh, especially being the personality on TNT, you know, that, that a lot of us are going to continue watching for the next 20 or 30 years. I think he's undervalued, if that's possible, because <laughs> I remember times when he yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So, so those guys, and of course, I love Michael Jordan cards um, and Scottie Pippen. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious who you would say too, uh, retired players. Well, man, I think you just threw out some some great names. My guy, my guy is Irvin Magic Johnson. Uh, I don't know that I've talked to you about this, but I have talked on this show and on the Sports Card Strategy Show about it. Um, Magic is Michigan State. near and dear to my heart. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Michigan State, yet again. Um, I'm emotionally tied to Magic, but also just from a trying to be objective point of view, um, he's made some amazing. His story is amazing, and it's being told right now on HBO with Winning Time, which is which is becoming my all-time favorite show. Um, and then they call me Magic, uh, doc four-part docu series on Apple TV. So they're not gonna they're not gonna do what the Last Dance did to to Jordan cards, but they are going to be something that I think over the summer uh, into the fall, maybe more and more people will watch these um, and become familiar with the Lakers, the Lakers dynasty and with magic. So I think magic is my number one guy. And I think there are a lot of, um, he signed a lot of um, cards that were ripped out of packs that were P PSA DNA certified or Beckett witnessed, and they're pretty inexpensive. And so my play right now, with magic cards is to, and I think this, this holds true for anybody, whether it's Dr. J, whether it's Larry Bird, whether it's, you know, Dominique Wilkins, Charles Barkley, whoever. Um, I even think Isaiah Thomas, you could do stuff like this with, I think you can go get like 1986 Fleer Isaiah Thomas PSA DNA certified, for example, if it doesn't have a card grade, it's going to go for a lot less than if it does have a card grade. And chances are it's in an older PSA blue slab. So my play, which I've already bought probably five or six of these types of cards, is I'm gathering them up and I'm planning on having the Beckett witnessed ones and the PSA non-card graded ones in PSA slabs with a card grade and an auto grade. And I think that that should increase the value just by having, even if it's like a PSA five or a PSA six yeah. from like a 1986 Fleer, just having a card grade in a newer PSA slab, I think should at least over time um, improve the value of that card. So I think all those players, but also um, Magic, Magic far and away. Other guys like Bird, I just don't love Bird, but I think Bird would be number two. I think Kareem is a guy um, that you could throw into that discussion as well. Um, just because of this show winning time on HBO. I don't know if you've, if you've seen it, yep, but yep. I think that it could, it could do some things for some card value. Nice. Um, all right. Well, one more question. Any WNBA, any <laughs> WNBA thoughts? You just had a WNBA podcast. What were the top, what were the top takeaways from that one? Yeah, man, we, we did. We, I, I loved it. I learned a ton. I, I was not, you know, tuned into WNBA card values, or I didn't even know the season was starting this week, but uh, Anne Marie from Women on Tops, that episode was gold because uh, I was impressed by some of the GOATs, greatest players ever are very low pop counts. 
and some of them very hard to find and even card brands like Rittenhouse that I hadn't heard of until this week. So I'm ashamed to say it, but I, I just didn't know, you know, that some of these uh, like a, a Sports Illustrated for Kids card could be the first rookie of, uh, you know, Lisa Leslie. Uh, so I, I've been looking, you know, because of the, the arrival of Prism WNBA cards the last couple of years and seeing those at, on retail and seeing the Sabrina Ionescu cards everywhere, I was at least curious, hey, is this a good investment? And the answer is yes, if you're buying it, just like, just like with, with NBA, if you're buying the right cards or the right players, yeah. And one of the attractive things is that there's, there's such low print runs and grade runs on those. So yeah. Very I don't cool. Know yeah. I had a take on Becky Hammond. She was in the sports card investment report. And the reason uh-huh. why she was in it is because I thought she was going to be become the next Spurs head coach at some point. And she still may, you never know. Um, but I bought a couple of her silver stars um, autos from 2020 prism in a silver stars uniform. She's obviously retired by then, but um, 20, 25 bucks each, I think. And my thought was, okay, this could go to 75 or a hundred when she becomes the first ever female NBA head coach, full-time head coach. And it still may happen, but since she's now the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, I don't see it happening. Um, And so I removed her from the report just because I don't think that there's the marker for her card value to necessarily go up. Um, But Dawn Staley potentially could be. Um, So I got my eye on some Dawn Staley stuff. And um, yeah, some of the, some, some of the other retired players, uh, you know, I worked with Swin Cash uh, and Ruth Riley um so so it'll be interesting they're they're, they both have careers in in basketball right now and um yeah i think it's tougher for me to make wnba plays but i am interested in the wnba so that's probably an area where i maybe need to do a little bit more research and well uh, yeah yeah. can i add that the this year's release of wnba prism has a lot of nice and affordable autograph cards like like of, of goats like lisa leslie um brianna stewart i think becky hammond is in there like there's sue bird there's a lot of good names diana tarasi yeah. i think is in that set e- either way like that this podcast episode helped me learn so much about <laughs> about wnba and maybe, some testing opportunities so maybe maybe there'll be a sue bird diana tarasi and either swin cash or lauren jackson triple logo woman auto someday you never know they do have the the woman logos the WNBA logos on some cards that are nice so love it love it hey gary thanks so much man you're doing a great job at hoops and cards appreciate you being on the basketball card strategy show part of the nooffseason.com sports card content network and we definitely want to have you back whenever you want to come back we'll have you on the show man thanks again thank you paul appreciate everything you guys do as well thank you All right. So Gary, thanks for being on the show, my man. And now let's transition over to my appearance on your show. Everybody stay tuned for this amazing hour that Gary and I had together on Hoops and Cards, his podcast, but we're airing it also right here on the Basketball Card Strategy Show. Here it is. All right, everybody. Today is an exciting episode to talk about basketball strategy, projections, who might be the next uh, player to, to just come out of nowhere and surprise us. I'm thrilled to welcome Paul from nooffseason.com. Paul, dude, thanks for joining us on Hoops and Cards. 
Gary, it's great to be here, my man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love your site. Maybe you could tell us just briefly about nooffseason.com and you you totally go deep dive into basketball card rankings and all that. Just love it. Thanks so much. Yeah, I love I love basketball. NBA has um, been probably my favorite my favorite league since I was a little kid. And so, and I used to work in the NBA. I used to work in the WNBA and in media relations and public relations. So I'm big into basketball, big into basketball cards. Basketball cards are probably, um, you know, what I collected most as a kid and what I, what I'm most comfortable investing in right now. But at nooffseason.com, you know, the premise is that we cover all all sports, all sports cards. Uh, we try to do a good job getting into the niche of all different sports. We do not only basketball, baseball, football, but also F1, soccer. Uh, we've even tried to get in a little bit to UFC and WWE cards. So I think there's just a lot of opportunity with sports card investing right now. And I think if you're, as much as I love basketball cards, I think if you're too one-track minded, you can miss opportunities. So at nooffseason.com, we rank all of the different sports cards against each other. And I think that that might be one of our unique value propositions is that I don't know many other sites out there that say we're going to rank, you know, the top 130 athletes to invest in against each other across all sports. And then when you, when you drill down deeper, of course, into our sports card investment report and the premium version, you get all the content around which cards to buy and what plays to make. So you get a lot more more detailed analysis there. Nice. Well, and one of the reasons I reached out to you, Paul, I was uh, kind of stalking your web page a little bit and looking at the rankings, looking at the breakdowns. And there are so many, there are a lot of good resources out there in the hobby and platforms that cover a variety of sports like you guys do. What I appreciated as an NBA guy was, you know what you're talking about. Like you're, you mentioned your background in the NBA and you, when I looked at your rankings, I'm just going to get right to it, man. Uh, I, it was your top, top list of basketball players, top 50 or whatever. And when I saw Darius Garland in the top 10 and I clicked to, you can click on each player in the rankings and go to like a deeper dive, even in the, you know, the, the free version or the not premium version. I, I saw some things where I'm like, Hey, this guy has been in on Garland for a while. And I found just a, an instant friend around our Darius Garland take, but, but seriously um, love that you, you do get deeper into and rank and compare. Uh, so yeah, I, I, one of the reasons I'm having you uh, as a part of hoops and cards today is so our listeners could look at nooffseason.com as a resource. Uh, you know, I want to hit right now, get to some of your rankings, if that's all right with you. Yeah, absolutely. And just real quick on Garland. I mean, yeah, yeah. I hate being Captain Obvious. You know, I think that it's you're not valuable mm. as a content creator if you're just if you're just repeating what everyone else says. So I believe in thought leadership and having unique takes. And yeah, of course, like I don't want to be clickbaity, but I think that sometimes, yeah. you know, you do have to take risks to make money in sports card investing. And with Garland, um, yeah, I'm very high on Garland and I did. I did uh, at one point have him in my top five uh, overall, overall rankings. And, and now, now he's in the top 25. He's moved down just a little bit. But yeah, man, let's go ahead, jump into the uh, basketball card rankings. Well, and since we, you continued the Darius theme, like 
Let's talk about him first and get him out of the way because our listeners have, are kind of tired of hearing about him because I'm a Cleveland guy, like I'm a Cavs season <laughs> yeah. ticket holder. Seriously, have been hearing about Darius. Uh, and I didn't start jumping in on him until I heard other guys in the league. It, it's been a little over a year ago when other guys like uh, your website mentioned Steph Curry. There were five or six other NBA greats or NBA commentators that were talking about this kid and saying how impressive he was. Like, it's one thing for us as fans to watch a game and see a guy. It's another thing for the peers and guys like Damian Lillard and Steph Curry and, you know, Chris Paul to talk about how great Darius Garland is. I'm like, okay, you know, um, you know, (laughs) I'm curious, like what you said, he's the, I'm going to quote you on the next Steph Curry. And that is, that is a ballsy, and at the same time, I would not be surprised. You know, what What puts you out on the limb to go that far? Because we, right, Steph's number one or number two on your rankings, so. Yeah, Steph's been number one pretty much all year, and I just moved Giannis up, up to number one and Steph down to number two. But Darius is the next Steph Curry, quite simply because I'm paraphrasing Steph Curry. Mm. Steph Curry thinks that Darius is the next Steph Curry. And so that was kind of, you know, I'm paraphrasing Steph from a quote that he gave to a media member, you know, over, over, I believe sometime over the last 12 to 18 months. So it's definitely not something that is, you know, it's not like he came out and said that yesterday, but, you know, Steph has made comments to media members about Darius Garland. And so because of that, that's what, that's what originally got my attention on Darius. And then I started doing more of a deep dive into um, just his profile, his background, how he projects out to be um, a number one. You know, he already, I think, you know, even though they've got Mobley and Allen and they've got a good, you know, he, but he's number one there in Cleveland. And so I think to be the next Steph Curry, you've got to be the number one, you've got to be on a playoff team. You've got to be an all-star. You've got to be able to hit shots from the logo I mean, Garland, check all those boxes for Garland. And you got to be quick, you know, quick twitch. And, um, you know, I've I've talked to some people that played high school basketball against Darius Garland in Tennessee (laughs) uh, because I I used to live in Tennessee when Garland was there. And so, you know, high school basketball is one thing, pros another, of course. But um, just all the different things put together with Darius kind of gives me the confidence to make that call that, uh, does he go on and win three championships? Does he break the all-time three-point record? You know, all that stuff. I don't know. But is he the next number one point guard in the NBA? I believe absolutely. And that's why we're friends, Paul. Thank you for <laughs> I, Seriously, dude, it is exciting to see. I, I was thinking about him. I don't know if he has the kind of year he did without Colin Sexton getting hurt because it kind of forced the Cavs to pick a number one. And it forced Darius, who's younger than Colin and came in, you know, to Colin's world. And at times it's been hard for him to defer. He is a a selfless player for the most part. I think the Cavs worked on getting him to take those big shots in the fourth quarter. And he's, he's coming around for that, but I love it. I want to get into your top 50 basketball list because I think we'll hit on, I've got, I've got at least 10 guys to ask you about. And some of these are going to be like right on and I'm right there with you. And others, it's going to be like, what are you smoking? Like, what, what are you thinking? But one yeah, that you mentioned already, I love was, it. Giannis moved to number one. Tell us about Giannis and, and uh, how do you see him as an investment moving forward? Cause it does seem like he's already super expensive. 
He's super expensive, but he's not as expensive as some other guys. And that could be like his market size. It could be that he's not a guard. I don't know. But Giannis to me is the complete package. He's only 26. He's already won an NBA championship. He's already won two MVP awards. Um, I think the, the X factor to me with Giannis is his work ethic and his likability. I think that he doesn't, we haven't really seen his personality uh, totally yet as somebody who could be kind of the face of the league. Um, you know, he, and, and his, his work ethic, his injury, his hyperextended knee, I think in the playoffs last year against Atlanta, I think we all thought his legs done. Like, I think we all looked at that, that injury and thought, you know, holy crap, this guy could be out for two years or, you know, a year, right? And there goes his chances of the NBA title. And then all of a sudden you started immediately hearing these reports about his work ethic and his conditioning. And I think you have to, when you put thousands of dollars into sports cards, you have to know that there's a good chance that, that the guy's not going to get injured, hmm. a career ending injury or miss any significant period of time. And you have to know that he's going to be competing for championships. And so with Giannis being 26, being able to come back from injury like that, being in, con- in good condition all the time, the work ethic, and, and competing for championships. Like, he's already broken through the argument of, oh, well, he's in a, a small market team, blah, blah, blah. He, mm-hmm. he's, already, he, he, he's already won a championship. He's already won two MVPs. It doesn't matter. So that, I don't think there's anywhere to, to go but up from mm-hmm. here with Giannis. And you can get, you know, he is expensive, but – you know, his, if you look at his prism rookie autos, or even like some of his um, older, like his crusade rookie, uh, rookie autos and things like that in, in PSA 10, his prism rookie autos are, you know, under $7,500, his crusade rookie auto under $2,000 in gem mint. Um, there's a lot of Giannis autographs um, hmm. That I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I think I do have a couple concerns with Giannis. There's a couple. There's concerns with every player, right? Yeah. I do have a couple concerns with Giannis. Uh, one is that he has signed a lot of cards. He's signed a lot of cards that go into packs. He's signed a lot of cards that's been that have been ripped out of packs that have been Beckett right. witnessed and things like that. So there's no shortage of Giannis autos, but I do think that there's a lot of plays to be made with him, and I think his card value will continue to rise. And would you see him as kind of the next face of the league, like you said, in line ahead of Tatum, Duke, Luca? I think there's a lot of people that would agree that he is the next face of the league. Um, I think that like we're maybe waiting for Le- obviously LeBron and Steph to, mm. you know, they have to retire before it can truly become Giannis's league. But I do believe that Giannis seems to be the type of personality and have the maturity level to know that when it is his time to be the face of the league, that he is going to grab that in an appropriate way. And I think that he's going to do it in a more wholesome, um, very, very marketable way. Um, You know, like I think of little things and, and, you know, people might think this is dumb, but you know, like my son is 12 and he thinks it's cool that Giannis eats Oreo cookies, mm-hmm. you know, and he thinks it's cool that Giannis talks about Oreo cookies in his post-game press conferences. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit different than some of the guys we saw in the past, but I think that that counts for something, um, you know, with, you know, sports oh, cards, totally. uh, you got, you got the younger generation as well. So 
Yeah, I love that he talks about, uh, just tells jokes. He talks about Chick-fil-A, like he's, yeah. he's hilarious. And you're right, seeing more of his personality come out. Uh, so I'm going to jump around your list. I had them written in order, but but like following on topic, you just described one of the things likable about Giannis as an investment. He's hardworking, uh, works through, or is, isn't super injury prone, right? Durable, uh, all that stuff. I want to jump down down your list. There's a lot of guys that I expected to be on there, and there's a guy where I didn't know where I'd find him, but at number 36, sorry, 34 last I checked, was a guy who I'm not sure about Zion's, Zion's work ethic. I'm not sure about Zion's injury proneness, and I'd, I, I have no dollars in Zion Williamson right now. And at the same time, when I think about high upside for the future, he's still on the radar. Zion has to be on has to be on everyone's list. And I understand that there's there's a lot of concerns about Zion and there's a lot of like memes and jokes and he's you know unfortunately this past year he's become more of a laughing stock and there's this narrative of like is he the next Greg Oden and I just don't believe that. I think that um it's it's impossible for Zion to not be on your radar in terms of a sports card investment just simply because when your card value goes down by 50 to 75%, I think it's foolish of sports card investors to not, to not at least look at that and say, okay, this guy, you know, he did average close to 30 points a game when he was playing. Um, and it's, it's an injury. Like the, the reality is it's an injury. Players come back from injuries all the time. It's taken, it's taken longer than we all thought. But at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's one thing that needs to happen for his card value to go up and that's for him to come back from an injury. And so I just, I think that um, especially this off season, we're in the off season right now for Zion and the Pelicans looked really good without him. So now all of a sudden you're like, okay, even if he stays in new Orleans, he's on a pretty darn good Pelicans team and you insert Zion into that team. And now all of a sudden, I think you've got a Western conference finals contender, NBA finals potential team. So I think, I think people would be silly to not at least look at Zion and go, okay, what can I afford? You know, uh, how can I add Zion to my, to my portfolio as a flyer uh, mm. pick for, for 2022? And, um, you know, I'm not saying to overpay, obviously. Right, but right. I think that, you know, his value is lower than it's ever been, and, and people need to take a look at that. It's a great buying opportunity right now, or even, even later yeah. in the end season. Well, all right. So there were a yeah. couple other guys that when I looked at your list, I was like, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. And one of those was you had Tyrese Maxey, I think top 20, which is a, a no brainer. And you had uh, Desmond Bain, number 36. And in a couple minutes, we're going to kind of segue and talk about, you know, who are the guys lower on the list or not on the list that might be next year will make a, make a huge jump in the hobby. But, uh, but for me, yeah. if I had made that kind of list, Six weeks ago, Desmond Bain would have been on it. Jalen Brunson would have been on it. And yet here they are in the playoffs, just just showing up. I'd love to see or hear what you think of. I mean, there's a couple of playoff pops that you mentioned. DeAndre Hunter, I think, is number 42. Jose Alvarado has been a lot of fun to watch. What what maybe start with Bain if you could and say, what about some of these young up-and-comers on your list? Yeah, yeah. To your point, I want to talk about Bane, and then I also want to talk about uh, the next Maxi and the next Bane. Um, but yeah, Bane, Bane was a guy that you know he 
he got on my radar in back in September, October when, you know, Grayson Allen, um, you know, all of a sudden was, was in Milwaukee and, and everyone started talking about Bain starting in Memphis. There was, I started, you know, I was, I think sports card investors need to read the local media articles to get tipped off on guys like Desmond Bain. That's where I get a lot of my information is from beat writers. Um, you know, the beat writers in Memphis were talking about Desmond Bain entering the starting lineup. And then you're like, okay, profile, first round pick, late first round pick, um, older because he played, he played college ball, um, can shoot. So sports card investors love that shooters, scorers. Mm -hmm. And if he's going to be in the starting lineup in Memphis and his rookie autos at the time, well under 50 bucks, well under 75 bucks, um, you know, back in October, you know, October, November of 2021, when the, when the NBA season started, that's kind of when Desmond Bain got on my radar. Now, of course, where card value spiked the most is in the playoffs. And that's what we're talking right now. So it's great to see if people did hold Desmond Bain this long, it's really paying off. I do have a concern with Desmond Bain though. And that is that he's never truly going to be the number one guy on a team. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that there's a flippable window for Desmond Bain that we're actually, uh, we're actually approaching the end of right now. I don't see Desmond Bain being someone that you should necessarily go out and buy uh, right now. Mm -hmm. um, expecting his card prices to increase quite a bit. Um, unless, you know, you really want to hold him for, 2023 Grizzlies playoff runs or 2024 Grizzlies playoff runs, which is like super risky. Uh, I think Desmond Bain is a kind of is a flippable guy that people should be probably looking to sell right now. Hmm. Yep. Not yep. that he's not a great player. I just don't know that his card value is going to continue to rise uh, like, like it did, you know, throughout the course of this season. And he, he had a pop, in February and March, where he was averaging more than 20 points a game. But a lot of those games, there was no Dylan Brooks, no John Morant, right? Jaron Jackson is throwing up air balls for half the season. So they needed somebody that could make threes. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear you uh, with Bain. I, I, another young guy you have on your list at 24 is Kuminga. What am I, what am I missing, dude? Because I would not have Kuminga in my top 50. And maybe it's because I'm, I'm anti-Golden State being a Cleveland guy. <laughs> I, I was I was shocked to see Kuminga on your list and no Keldon Johnson, no Anthony Simons, no Brandon Ingram. You've got Kuminga up there, and uh, this. Oh one, yeah, man, Kuminga on the spot, Paul. I told you we were coming. So what do you got? Well, well, sports card investing is is just as much about hype as it is about player performance, and no one brings the hype of this year's rookie class, like Jonathan Kuminga. I know you've got Cade Cunningham. I know you've got Jalen Green and I've got those guys rated ahead of Kuminga, but Kuminga for sure is a top 25 basketball card investment, if not higher, uh, very, very soon. The only reason he's not higher Gary is because, um, his card prices are ridiculously high. Um, you know, with the rookie, the rookie cards just coming out, like his contenders auto, having just come out a few months ago and prism's not even out yet. So you're going to see a, a, a con continuous spike of Jonathan Kaminga prices um, in newer releases as they come out, um, which means that there will be a better buying opportunity for Kuminga's uh, contenders, rookie autos 
and the earlier releases um, of his of his Golden State Warrior rookie autos that came out that have come out um, earlier in the year. So I mean, he's he's only 19, I believe, and yeah. so he, he's yeah. a guy that just you know I don't know if you remember Jason Richardson. Oh yeah, uh, from back in the day. But I just feel like Kaminga is going to be a much, much, much better version of Jason Richardson. I mean, I think he's the future of the war. I mean, him and Jordan Poole, um, (laughs) future of the Warriors. And um, yeah, I just got him rated really high. People like him. Sports card investors are spending money on him. And I don't I don't see that slowing down. Wow. Uh, I'm. I'll be fascinated to see how Golden State sorts through all of these scorers. You got Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, you know, Draymond Green, and now Kaminga. What I don't know what they'll do. Yeah, with I mean, James Wiseman. One, yeah. a couple more notes on Kaminga. I mean, Draymond Green. I don't think is going to play that much longer. I just really don't. I love Draymond Green because uh, I went to Michigan State. I went just mentioned Jason Richardson, um, but uh-huh. not many people do. But um, yeah, I don't think Draymond Green's going to play that much longer. Kaminga can play like four different positions, so they've already they've already started working him in the starting lineup at age nineteen. I mean, you watch you look at Steve Kerr's starting starting lineups this year, and Kaminga's made some starts even when the other guys are healthy. So to me, that's a sign that like they they like this kid, and I mean, I think next year um, you're going to see some really big performances out of Kaminga. So he's not cheap, and I don't know if that's the reason why you don't like him, but. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a guy that I'm definitely high on. Oh, my our listeners at Hoops and Cards, they know I'm Cleveland guy. And every time I see Golden State play, I have post-traumatic stress syndrome from losing three finals to the Golden State Warriors. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, dude. So I, hey, hey, Gary, the other guys, the other guys you mentioned, you said Anthony Anthony, Anthony Simons, uh, Brandon Ingram, and um, who was the other one? Uh, Keldon Johnson. Spurs. Yeah. So Keldon Johnson, I put out a piece of content about him. I do like him. He, he doesn't have stuff that I think is going to spike from a card standpoint. And I also, if you look at his profile versus Kuminga's, I'll, I'll try to quickly break all this down. Yeah. Yeah. Like goal San Antonio is, is not a team where I don't, I think more than one player can come off of that team and really have a great uh, sports card investment profile. And to me right now, that's DeJounte Murray. If I'm spending any money on any San Antonio spur, it's DeJounte Murray because he, he basically averaged a triple double last year without anybody really noticing it. And so I think that he actually profiles as a guy that could like, I'm actually really high on him. And I think he could be the next guy. It sounds weird for me to say like he could be the next Darius Garland because we're talking about Darius Garland who really hasn't done anything yet. But I think that like DeJounte Murray profiles as like potentially my next Darius Garland because it's like, okay, I've spent quite a bit of money on Darius thinking he's the next Steph. Sure. I'm probably going to start to spend some money on DeJounte Murray profiling him as a guy who you know, they're both first time all-stars. They're both kind of the same player. They're just in different conferences, but um, yeah, I like him a lot. So, and, and Anthony Simons, honestly, like for basket, for, if you are a basketball card investor only, which I know most of the audience here is, mm-hmm. um, I can understand spending money on Anthony Simons. Um, but he just, 
I, I just don't see him as a guy that will have a large market outside of maybe like really, really um, niche, uh, true basketball card people because Portland, he's just, I don't know. He's just not a superstar type caliber player in well, my opinion. I do Lillard. like Brandon Ingram. You didn't have Damian Lillard on your list yeah. either. I don't have Lillard. Lillard's a guy that I thought about, but I just, uh, that's a good question too. With me, it's all about Mark. So my list is my, my investment report at nooffseason.com is all about markers. So what markers does Damian Lillard have coming up in his career to jump his card prices up other than the hall of fame? Is he going to lead the Portland trailblazers to an NBA championship? I don't think so. No. And I think that's, you have to have some markers in your career uh, coming up and you have to have really investable cards and Lillard's kind of at the age where you kind of, it's like Kawhi Leonard. You do your research on Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's been around for so long as much as I like him as a player, these older guys, even though they might have lower pop counts and things like that, like do will future generations of sports card investors want to buy their cards? Um, I don't think they look as good. I don't think they're. I don't think Panini had the designs down yet. Uh, I think it's a lot of the, a lot of the stuff's a little bit awkward. So anyway, I'm rambling now, but that's no, my no, take on on the guys. Fine. You're fine, and I think the other thing, Paul, is that so many of these guys. Uh, you, I mean, you're looking at their legacy. Will people in the future want to buy their cards, right? And I, I almost said something a second ago about the unforeseen, like if in six months Lillard forces a trade, and I was actually going to say the Clippers. Lillard forces himself, you know, forces a trade to the Clippers. And all of a sudden you've got Lillard and Kawhi and Paul George trying to do what, you know, I don't, I'm not thinking super teams work. My point is there's the unforeseen trades and things. Okay. So I want to get to your next. That's a good point. Yeah. I want to get to your next maxi first and say, I love the, I love Jaron Jackson Jr. You're a Michigan state guy. I keep waiting for that guy to bust out like he did pre-injury and average 20 plus what what is keeping your uh belief in jjj because uh, he's young <laughs> he's he, young yeah yeah he, he's he's really young still he's he's got the skill everyone's always talked about his skill set as being like the unicorn type skill set and um with with his height and his athleticism what's really what's really keeping my belief in him also is that you know he's that number two with jaw right now um he's been he was injured you know he missed a lot of his second season um and then of course there was the the season with the the bubble um and you know there so he just he he just really hasn't played a lot of basketball in the nba yet so i think the unfortunate thing slash buying opportunity with with JJJ is that the unfortunate thing uh, for his cards is that all the hype has wore off. Like there is zero hype left for him from, from where it was in his rookie, his rookie season, his, his rookie cards in 2018. But, but that also presents an opportunity now because they're like dirt cheap and Mm -hmm. you can get, I like guys um, where you can go get like a Nike swoosh, patch auto of uh on card auto (laughs) from like flawless or immaculate and it's like it's not cheap but it's like not that much money compared to what they normally are and so if you 
you know, that's kind of the level of, of where, you know, you're taking a huge risk with a guy like Jaron Jackson, if you were to buy a card like that, mm. but he is a guy that, um, is going to be a, a very, very good NBA player for a long time. And I, I believe he'll make all-star teams. And if he does win, if he does win games and win, and potentially win like Western conference championships and, and NBA championships, which is not easy to do, then, then that Nike swoosh patch on card auto is going to go crazy. Definitely five X. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I love about Jaron, you talked about guys' personalities. He, he's a lot of fun. He plays aggressively. Like, I, it must lead the league in, in games fouled out this season. And offensively, <laughs> but offensively, he is frustrating to watch. You probably know this because he will shoot from anywhere yeah. at any time. And often it looks like chaos. And at the same time, when it's working, it's awesome. Like, he has the potential to take over a game. And he just, yeah. If he can get that shooting percentage yeah. up to where it's been, that he could take off. Yeah, I wish he was way more aggressive. And, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard, like, it's hard to say from way far away as an outsider, like someone's drive, like level of drive, because you have to, everyone in the NBA has a high level of drive and intensity. So you can't be an NBA player without that. But my concern with Jaron, the reason why he's not higher, honestly, is because um, he doesn't have like, like that Giannis level sort of intent where you just know he's going to, you just don't know if he's going to fold or if he's going to go crush someone and you want him to just go crush <laughs> yeah. someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. He's, I like that. He's, he's funny that he's falling out, but are yeah. they, you know, I don't know. Like, are they ticky tack fouls, fouls or are they are stupid like fouls? Bill and beer foul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe job ja will light a fire under him in the off season, you know, and get, get him pumped up to win some championships or to at least be the best Jaron that he can be. Um, you know, and, and I guess with that in mind for guys, as you look at, at next season, what they could be, right? You, you brought some guys to toss around, to kick around who, yeah. who would say, cause I, I, I love talking about this. We want to be, we want to talk about what's going to happen in the future. I don't, I don't need someone to tell me that Kobe White's cards went up 50 cents last week. I need someone to tell me what, <laughs> what is going to be uh, a good investment this summer <laughs> because that player is going to get opportunities or he's, he's doing more than people realize. Yeah, I just, I just all right. So let me do other podcasts right there. I just I just went there. Sorry. <laughs> no, I I often I often have slammed other podcasts. Um, not not to be mean or rude, but I just think like you know, there is a lot of repetition out there, and and uh, if people want to slam slam me, that's fine too, I guess. But um, I will set the stage for who's next because, and I'm super excited about one guy in particular. Um, because he is a rookie this year and, and the contenders rookie autos are out and they're selling on, on eBay. And are you sure you want to tell um, people this? So, because you and I could make a lot of money if we just kept these secret and didn't, you know, didn't go live with this, but you're, you're, you're okay sharing this with, I mean, I'm okay sharing it because, um, I'm in the business of creating content and I really want to be historically correct. So okay. I want to put it out there, be historically correct. I think, you know, value. maybe I'll make more money that way. Maybe okay. I'll make more money that way than I will flipping the cards. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but I have, but I have bought this guy's, uh, 
I have bought this guy's contenders rookie auto. I bought like four of them already. Okay. Um, and they've all been for under a hundred dollars. Uh, two of them have been under for under thirty-five dollars. Nice. And I think that this, uh, I would be absolutely shocked and blown away if these are not worth three to four times that much money uh, at the beginning of the NBA season and in February and March uh, next year. And um, before I reveal his name, I just want to do a little bit of profile because um, yeah. I do believe that you have to look at like, who's going to be the next Jordan Poole, who's going to be the next Tyrese Maxey. Mm. Jordan Poole and Tyrese Maxey were both late first round picks. So there wasn't a lot of hype around them initially. They had to come in and they had to play very well. They had to light up the scoreboard. Um, they had to light up the stack column. Um, and they had to play for winning teams before people started to notice them. And mm -hmm. yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people are talking about Jordan Poole and Tyrese Maxey right now, which doesn't necessarily do uh, sports card investors that much good. So hopefully the name I'm about to drop is going to do sports card investors uh, mm -hmm. a lot of good. And that is Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets. I believe Cam Thomas is the guy that we should all be going out and buying right now. And I hope people do go buy a bunch of his stuff because um, on eBay, you have to search Cameron Thomas, by the way, because Cameron Thomas uh, is the name on his actual cards. So people who are listing his cards are listing them Cameron Thomas most of the time. Uh, contenders, rookie auto, Cam Cameron Thomas. I just, like I just said, I, I bought four of them recently, but the, you know, he's the 27th overall pick uh, out of LSU. I believe that, you know, a few things. A, on his own, he's a phenomenal player and scorer who kind of fits the Tyrese Maxey profile where he can play both guard positions. Um, B, Kyrie is flaky. Right. And he might not be back in Brooklyn. He's, he might, you know, he's he can leave Brooklyn if he wants to, I believe. I don't know the ins and outs of his contract situation, but I was researching Kyrie for the sports card investment report, and I don't believe he's guaranteed to be back in Brooklyn next year. So you better believe Cam Thomas slots into a, the starting lineup next year if Kyrie's gone. Um, and then number three, I just, you know, watching the NBA draft, just everyone was talking about, Cam, like, he, like, slid to the Nets at 27. You know, everyone was talking about, like, no one's taken Cam Thomas yet. I think he might be the next pick. And mm -hmm. then, and then when the Nets got him, everyone was like, "Oh my God!" Like the Nets get even better. Oh, um, and he played well this year. He averaged eight and a half points, two and a half rebounds, um, in only about seventeen minutes. Every time he got over twenty minutes, he was easily into double figures, fifteen, sixteen points. So I just really like Cam Thomas, and uh, curious to your thoughts as to that call. Well, he is on my list as a guy that had a pre-pop this season, meaning when he got, he got a lot of playing time because of Kyrie being out, that was a big part of it and played really well. Um, it's funny after I, I had the benefit of reading your basketball card rankings, you know, as you updated them the last couple of days. And I, I, that was going to be my guess. <laughs> was Cameron Th either, either <laughs> Thomas or Kuminga, not sure how cheap his autos are, but you know, uh, Cameron Thomas, I, I see it. I see it. I'm not saying that I'm, that he would be my number one. Cause you, it sounds like you've got him number one and there's not like a one a coming there. There's maybe some, some runner ups, but nobody that's right oh, there. Well, I got a bunch, 
I got a bunch of other guys, but Cam Thomas is uh, he's in his own tier for me. And and one of the probably the main reason why he's in his own tier is his pricing. His pricing is ridiculously low. It's almost like nobody knows who this guy is. Um, I mean, thirty thirty five dollars for his contenders rookie auto, and then you get a serial numbered version for for less than sixty, and then mm. you get you know like a contenders rookie uh, patch auto for well under 500, well under 450. Um, yeah, to me, that's yeah. just ridiculously cheap when you can, I mean, Jose, people want $70 for Jose. People want double the amount for Jose Alvarado that Cam Thomas is selling for. And that makes no sense right. to me. Right. They just see the excitement and the sports center highlights and uh, yeah. Yeah. So Cam so, Thomas. I mean, I, Hey, it, I'm with you on the Kyrie's flaky might not be there next season. That's one thing I love about this pick, honestly, is and also that Cam played so well this season in a year where Durant, like he went all out in the regular season. He played and Cam was right there next to him. So I, I see it as, as yeah. a possibility because one of the things I look for is opportunity. Like how much is this guy going to, is it, even in the, the draft in the offseason, is a team going to clear a path for a young guy like Cam to come and start? right? And to get more of a high profile, score more, have the ball more. So I, I'm with you on that. I'd love to hear the rest of your names or who else is on your radar. Yeah. There. My next two favorite sleepers are um, Miles Bridges and DeAndre Hunter. Uh, and they're both small forwards, which is not a particularly popular position for sports card investing, but um, Miles Bridges is a, uh, it's obviously another Michigan state guy. So you've got the Cavs Homer ness and I have the Spartans. Uh, but Miles Bridges is, um, you know, he had a breakout season in Charlotte this year and he's due for a contract extension, I believe this off season. So there will be some Miles Bridges talk, uh, contract talk. He'll either get a big one like Jaron did, or he'll go somewhere else. Um, which can can obviously do some things for sports card value, but he's just an amazing player overall. I mean, he's he's an electric dunker. He's an amazing athlete. He's um, I think he's a lock for 25 points a game next year. Mm-hmm. I think he's a lock for nine, ten rebounds and you know five to seven assists. He's he's a I mean he's just um, zero hype around Miles Bridges. Um, but, but I think Miles Bridges is a guy that um, when you look at his game and you look at what he brings to the game, he can be an all-star sooner rather than later. Um, if he continues to play with LaMelo Ball, I think that's actually a really great situation for him because of the attention that LaMelo brings and Charlotte hopefully being a playoff team sooner rather than later as well would be good for Bridges' value. He just hasn't peaked yet. He's a guy that I think sports card investors, if you time the market correctly, you can continuously make money off of a guy like miles bridges you can you should always be able there's certain guys that you should always be able to buy low and sell high if you time the market and i just think miles bridges is one of those guys um you're not always going to be able to sell him at a premium right but there should be times when you know when he's nba player of the month because he had just a bunch of ridiculous slam dunks and average 30 points for the month that's when you sell them, right? And you buy back in later. And and then DeAndre Hunter, um, much, I guess, much like uh, Jaron in a way, 
is just hasn't played that much NBA basketball yet. He's been injured most of his career, but he was actually drafted one pick before Darius Garland, I believe. So you mm-hmm. can thank the Atlanta Hawks for, the Cavs <laughs> for that move, right? Yeah, the Cavs wanted Hunter. They needed a wing. Yeah. I'm so glad he wasn't there. Love Darius. Yeah. And so, I mean, Hunter, Hunter's just dirt cheap. I mean, he's just absolutely dirt cheap and he's, um, he's, he's, he's a great shooter. He's a great defender. Um, he's not like a super electric player, but I mean, contenders rookie ticket auto out of 25 for less than $150, mm. uh, contenders optic blue prism auto out of 35 for less than $90 national treasures, RPA out of 99 for less than a thousand dollars on card auto. Mm. Um, those should all go up. I mean, I don't, the only concern with Deandre Hunter is injury because he's been injured, but as long as he stays healthy, um, I think he's the number two on Atlanta into the future. And I think Atlanta's a playoff team. So I think Deandre Hunter is a great player. Um, he's probably like, okay, I'm picking him over guys like Anthony Simons and Brandon Ingram kind of thing. Um, and that, and, and so I really like, I really like Deandre Hunter. Yeah. Um, dude, the Hunter had a, a great playoff series. It's not his fault that they got bounced. He averaged like 21 and a half a game. And I think the Hawks also played their hand and showed what they see him in the future as. Like you said, the number two, just Trey Young wasn't hitting. And uh, that was a quick exit for the Hawks. So it sounds like you have, do you have any other guys like lower down the scale that you would be like, like almost in the Cam Thomas class, that, that rookie? Yeah. Okay. Some guys that I don't have in my rankings yet. Malachi Flynn and Emmanuel quickly. Um, you know, Malachi Flynn is uh, Fred Van Bleet's backup. And, and I think you have to look at, uh, again, you have to take chances as a sports card investor. And I think uh, this comes from me also playing fantasy sports. I've, I've played fantasy sports since like 2003. And yeah. so if you want to win at fantasy sports, you got to be, you got to go get the guys dirt cheap. Who's next. And Malachi Flynn um, on a, is a backup point guard on a playoff team and another former late, late first round pick um, should be able to get contenders, rookie autos for probably less than $15. Uh, I don't have that data in front of me, so I could be wrong on that, but just uh, prism. I know prism rookie autos you can get for less than, less than $15. Um and then Emmanuel quickly, I just think, you know, he's either going to become the the starting point guard for the Knicks, which would be a big role for him, or he's going to get traded, which is always good for sports card prices when somebody gets traded because it opens them up to a new market. Those are my super sleepers. I wasn't familiar with Jose Alvarado until the playoff series, um, so I have to admit that. He is on my flyer list just because now he's on everyone's radar. I don't know that now would be the best time to buy him. I would wait until probably August, um, maybe, yeah, probably August or December because December seems to be a really good time to buy basketball cards. Um, and then, Gary, I do have uh, a few other, like I do, I do have six other names, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I can, just, I can just throw the names out there. And see, I didn't, it'd be not, it'd be interesting to see what you think of these guys, right? And they're in two different categories. So I think Jamal Murray and Lonzo Ball are in the coming back from injury category. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray and Lonzo Ball, I think are, are I think are guys that 
basketball card investors should look at this entire off season and maybe try to find like a rookie auto that's in, that's in, you know, in your price range. And, um, those should go up. Like, I think they guaranteed should go up. Um, and then the other, the other group of names, I guess, could move in the off season, mm-hmm. but you've got Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, and Zach Levine. And then Kyrie, we talked, we already mentioned Kyrie, but those, those four names are pretty big names for basketball card investors. And I don't, uh, you know, Brunson's actually very affordable. His, his contenders, rookie ticket autos are very affordable. Uh, serial numbered variations under $200, uh, just the regular base for under a hundred, under 80 bucks, actually. Um, and so, you know, but if, but if you're into like, is someone going to move and that's a play you like to make, is someone going to move teams? I think looking at those four guys is interesting as well. Yeah. There, there's a long list to, to your Lonzo and Jamal Murray. There's a long list of guys coming back from injury that I'm like, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, you know, there's, there's yeah. so many big names come Michael Porter jr. What's that guy going to do? We mentioned Zion earlier. There's a ton of investing opportunity in, in guys returning. Um, I love what Jamal Murray did in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and he can just take off the other guys you mentioned it. I think it's crazy how undervalued Donovan Mitchell still is just overall in the hobby. Mm-hmm. But some of that's, I think maybe Utah bias and people don't get to see him play as much. And then they get an early exit. Uh, I love Jalen Brunson. I'm just frustrated that he's already showing what he could do. I was hoping he'd keep it quiet for the off season and I could pick up a lot of his silvers and autos. And now it's like crap. Uh, still a good deal, especially if he goes to a place like New York Knicks, you know, somebody that needs a, sorry about if, if sorry for quickly, if he goes there, but, but the, if a place that needs a yeah. point guard as like one of their last pieces um, I, I think Zach Levine is awesome and undervalued still. And, you know, one of the things I like about your list of guys is you've got a mixture of, hey, there's these new rookies that people don't know who Malachi Flynn is, or they don't know who Cameron Thomas is yet. And so there's some bargains there as those guys grow. But you also got some guys that are like third or fourth year players. In fact, there's a lot in Miles Bridges's class that are going to take the next step or they're just, they're just emerging as players. Uh, we, Jaron Jackson, Jr., Jalen Brunson, Anthony Simons, Wendell Carter, Jr., Mikel Bridges, that, that class is just stock loaded. Everybody knows it for Luca and Trey, but there's like 20 or 30 other great young guys, Gary Trent, Jr. to go after in that, in that 2018 class. So like most of my list is, Hey, don't forget you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned Gary Trent Jr. Because yeah, yeah. he's, yeah, I'm glad, sorry to cut. I'm no, no, tell I, me. I'm glad you mentioned Gary Trent Jr. Because I've been really high on him for a while. He's been, you probably saw him oh. on my list. Um, yeah. Just dirt cheap, you know, dirt cheap. And I like his game and um, not a lot of hobby, hobby love yet, but the Raptors make a run and he's, if they do, he's going to be a part of it. And um, you should see, you should see him uh, as a pretty solid buy low. I think that I actually, though, I think I'll just make a quick point. Gary Trent Jr. is actually a good segue into this point, because I think with guys like Bridges and Garland, the frustrating thing about investing in them is um, they don't have as many investable cards as other players because they're upper deck exclusive autos. So uh, it is frustrating trying to find Miles Bridges and Darius Garland cards that I actually want to buy. 
Um, and Gary Trent Jr. kind of falls into that category. Not that he's upper deck exclusive because he does have Panini autos, but because he, he was a second round pick, he doesn't have that many cards. Um, so some guys just don't have as many cards from a few years back. And it can be frustrating because when you do find their cards, they're not in as good con- good a condition because someone pulls a second round pick out of a out of a box and they're not necessarily sleeving them or whatever. And now and it was it was a few years back, right? Like 2018. So um, now you've got uh, it's just harder to find like a like I'd love to find like a Gary Trent Jr. You know, Noir Auto on card Auto PSA 10 or something. But like and it's. But, you know, it's just going to be hard to find those cards. And um, I guess that could be like people listening could be like, well, that's good because then there's like, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's good. But like for Garland and Bridges, not necessarily because, um, you know, upper deck exclusive autos, they signed a lot of them. So there's a lot of them out there. doesn't mean there's low pop count. It just means they don't have Panini autos, which kind of sucks, but that's okay. (laughs) I I can't believe I didn't mention Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That's another dude from that class that uh, dude. Well, okay. I have a, I have a, two random questions for you and then we can wrap this up because yeah. we've got more to, more to do today, but dude, uh, what if the next Tyrese Maxi is Tyrese Maxi? Meaning he's taken a jump this year, but he's always been like deferring to for a while. It was the other shooters around him when they had Seth Curry and, you know, other guys that they could, they could have score. And now it's James Harden, but when he's, when he's had the ball in his hands, we're seeing 38 points, 35 points. I'm not saying he can average this, but we're seeing big playoff games from this kid. What if, what if he takes another leap and makes the all-star team next year? Are we, because, because some of some of the questions. There's I absolutely have, no reason. Yeah. Right. There's absolutely no reason why Tyrese Maxey should not do that. I, I definitely, yeah. I actually definitely see Tyrese Maxey doing that. I see him making the all-star team. I see him being, um, I mean, he's scary good. I don't think many, many players have uh, had the trajectory that Tyrese Maxey's had where, where he starts in the playoffs as a rookie, or maybe he didn't start, but he got minutes. He got minutes towards the end of his rookie season as a starter. <clears> and then he, played a big role in the playoffs as a rookie and then, you know, started his entire second season and is lighting it up in the playoffs. And I mean, that's another ballsy call, but that that's, that's future NBA finals MVP trajectory basically is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I I agree. I mean, I think Tyrese Maxey is it. I guess I'll clarify my Jordan pool and Tyrese Maxey. Like they should continue to, I'm high on them. Like they should continue to go up and up and up and up. Like no problem. But it's not too late to buy buy them right now. Yeah, we're not too late. Yeah, wait till the off season. I just wait till the off. Wait till the off season. Wait till the off season. The NBA playoffs when these guys are lighting it up. And now, as of this recording, Golden State's up three one over Memphis. Just not the time to buy Jordan Poole. (laughs) It's just not. Right. Um, Just wait. But yes, buy Jordan Poole in august or in you know whenever whenever things cool off a little bit yeah awesome well paul dude it is great to get to know you better and the more i hear you talk about players i love the more i feel a connection with you and i'm grateful for it uh i 
I consider nooffseason.com like it's it's now a tab, a, a favorite on my browser. Like I'm going to be checking your rankings on the regular basis. It's 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 crazy to me that we got through, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes here and didn't say the words LeBron James. And and LeBron, yeah. is, I think he's 11th or 12th on your rankings. And I'm curious what you would say, because here's here's where I'm at personally. Um I've been wanting to get in on a LeBron rookie, a graded rookie for about a, well, a little over a year now. And I'm so glad I haven't yet because the, I mean, the, the 2003 tops, those prices have almost cut in half from what they were a year ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about ready to jump in, but I'd love your take on just the LeBron market overall. Cause I, I obviously he's not done, but right now he's, he's like on vacation and nobody cares, you know? Yeah, I think it's probably a good time to buy LeBron. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if we're at the floor yet, but I think like you don't need to be at the floor for it to be a good time to buy someone and no one ever really knows exactly what the market's going to do anyway. So my thoughts on the LeBron market would be to try to go after a Fleer, a Topps, um, or a Bowman rookie uh, if you can. I would avoid the upper deck rookies just because there are so many upper deck rookies um they're like you know my son got really excited because he got a he got an upper deck lebron rookie at a card show and he didn't pay that much money for it um but he's you know he's thinking he got like a 500 card and you know, of course it's like five dollars um so you can get tricked with some lebron rookies obviously i think uh, people listening to this show probably know that but I, I do think it's a good time to buy lebron and i do think he has markers coming up whether whether or not it's another nba championship i don't know i don't think we can count on that but i do think we will see him move teams which will move his market his prices will go up i do think he'll play with brawny which i think everyone um a lot of people probably agree with me that when brawny brawny will probably get drafted because of lebron and he probably will go to a team that lebron wants to go to and then it'll probably be worked out behind the scenes uh, with, with, with our guy, Adam Silver, maybe. Right. I don't know. But the three of them will figure out where's Bronny and, and LeBron going to go. And then uh, that'll be another. And then, of course, retirement and Hall of Fame. So there's a lot of mar- – there, I think buying a LeBron, um, either Fleer, Tops, or Bowman uh, rookie card, uh, obviously, if you can afford a PSA 10, I think that'd be amazing. And then there's the bazooka. Like there's some other rare ones like the bazooka. Like, I mean, those aren't bad either. Like, I I think you just want to make sure it's rare uh, or, or a a lower ish pop count than, than your upper deck and, and that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I think there's a lot of markers for LeBron, even though he's kind of at the end of the road in terms of being a dominant, uh, dominant player. He'll probably dominate for another year or two, but he's pretty close to being done. So. Well, uh, you're listening to a podcast from Akron. I'm a kid from Akron, and LeBron has impacted our community and our region in massive ways that uh, we get we get the local view of how he's so generous. But yeah, rooting for him to have at least a couple more good years. And uh, the Bronny thing, I think it's probably already scripted somewhere, and they're just looking for you know the right movie director to plan the whole you know the next ten years. I probably should follow whoever Bronny's following on Twitter just to see where he's going, you know, where he wants to go. 
dad, can we go back to South Beach? You know, can we go to Miami? Um, but dude, Paul, thank you so much. I, can you tell our listeners here at Hoops and Cards how to reach you and the world of nooffseason.com, these rankings that are so helpful because you do a deeper like explanation of them. So love your site, man. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to plug it. So everybody, um, if you've loved or hated uh, what I've said on the show, I would love it if you check out nooffseason.com. Uh, you can save 20% on the premium product by using the promo code nooffseason, all lowercase. But also I do a weekly sports card strategy podcast um, everywhere you get your podcast. It's called Sports Card Strategy. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Basketball Card Strategy Show as well that I put out uh, with the same feed. So if you if you want to check out nooffseason.com or uh, sportscardstrategy.com, um, get all the information on the podcast there. That'd be great. I'd really appreciate it. Well, and from sports card strategy, you can you can get to those YouTube videos, right? Those were yes. the ones I you mentioned. Can get like, to all the. I love those. I love your YouTube videos and the the one especially that I saw about like you got to pick one. You know, Luca, Giannis, Trey, Steph, Ja. You know that debate. You got to pick one, and what's their investment future? I I love those things. So sports card strategy, you guys, give him a listen, a follow. Uh, check that out. Paul, thank you so much for your your generosity, to, dude, with your time and also with just helping us out today, because I think we're going to make a lot of money on Cam Thomas and maybe some Malachi. Yes, Flynn, let's so do it. Maybe we'll be giving you a kickback for that. Not that you asked, but I, I think those are good picks. So, Gary, you are the man. Keep up the good work. I really enjoy hoops and cards and um, it, great, great uh, being on. Thanks again. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. All right, everybody, that was episode two of the Basketball Card Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. Again, I'm Paul Hickey with the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. Be sure to subscribe by going to SportsCardStrategy.com for all the quick links to subscribe to us on Apple, on Spotify, on YouTube, and join the Facebook group so that we can connect with you and help you with your sports card investments. And don't forget to check out NoOffSeason.com's Sports Card Investment Report where you can save 20% by using the promo code NOOFFSEASON and save at marketmoversapp.com. Get your first month for only $1 by using the promo code NOOFFSEASON as well. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening to the Basketball Card Strategy Show. Have a great day.